You're listening to a Cripple and Co. production. Well, happy Thursday to you. Welcome back to This Shit Is Real, a part of Disability After Dark, where I learn all about how gastrointestinal issues and how poo affects you and your disabilities. So, let's get comfy, cozy, and shitty, and get this episode of This Shit Is Real sharded, shall we? Let's get started. Before we jump into episode 5, I want to say that we took a little break from This Shit Is Real last week because I dropped a few cool bonus episodes. We took a little break, but we're back and ready to go, and we're ready to talk all about poo. And I also want to say that as I'm recording this intro today, I just had my very first colonoscopy. Um, wow, that was an experience and a half that I'm going to do a whole episode on at some point. But wow, that was a lot to manage as a disabled person. Wow, wow, wow. There was a lot of things going on. There was a lot of accessibility needs that had to be considered when you need to shit your guts out, there's a lot of things happening, and I'll get into that later, but I want to say that it went well, and and I will talk about that later, but it did go well, and I did do it as I'm recording this today, so cool, friends, but now let's get back to the new episode of This Shit Is Real. On this upcoming episode, I talked to Emily, who is a queer, disabled artist, out of Toronto, and they tell me all about their experiences of trying to manage medications and their undiagnosed IBS. Plus, we talk about the most accessible bathroom they've ever seen that really went in handy when they needed when they had an IBS attack or a poo attack. They tell me a story with a fart in it and so much more. Um, I love having conversations with disabled people about poo, and particularly what I enjoy about this conversation was that Emily talks about the link to poverty, food, and your tummy, and I think that's really important. We talk a little bit about how they have to rely on food banks for food because they're really, really low income, and we talk a little bit about how they don't have a choice on what they get to eat. And we all know that when we talk about diet and food and IBS in your tummy, everybody says, you should eat this or you should eat that. Well, what if you don't have the money or the income to eat the quote-unquote right things? And I thought that was an important part of the conversation, too. So, I'm really excited to bring you this episode of This Shit Is Real, episode 5. I hope you enjoy it. And um, if you want to be a guest on an upcoming episode of This Shit Is Real, please send me an email to disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com and put in the subject line, This Shit Is Real, and we'll book you in. I would love to have you. Absolutely. And stay tuned for our regular Saturday episodes where you'll meet a really cool brand new friend of mine, Kelsey Dara. So let's uh, dive right in to the poo stories on This Shit Is Real. Emily, hello. 
Hi, good evening. Hi, thank you so much for coming on. This shit is real, a part of Disability After Dark. How are you today? I've had a okay day. I'm I'm all right. How are you? Awesome. I'm doing okay, you know. Where and I don't remember where you're based again. I'm in Toronto. Oh, oh nice. So we're literally we're down the street from each other. Well that's cool. Yep, yep. I'm I'm up in North York. No, nice. Okay, well we're a little bit further than down the street, but we're we're close to each other. Usually when yeah. I do a zoom, the prison's far away, so it's nice that we're like right close to each other. Um yeah. Before we get into the shit of things on this Thursday that we're recording, um, uh, how? Yeah, I know it's a it's a bad pun. I know. Can you? I, I enjoy you, puns. It's fine. Yeah, I have a ton of them. But I have a shit ton of poo puns. So get ready. Uh, <laughs> before we jump into your gastro stuff, before we get into the thick of it, um, can you can you start by introducing yourself a little bit? Tell us who you are and what you do. All right, I'm Emily. I'm a disabled, um, genderqueer, asexual artist in Toronto. Um, I'm on ODSP, but I occasionally do art and sewing commissions for money. My disabilities, my physical disabilities are mostly arthritis and fibromyalgia. And then I'm also autistic and I have a host of mental health and trauma stuff that I deal with. Um, I've had gastrointestinal issues all my life and with arthritis and fibromyalgia impacting my mobility, um, gastro issues are, are more prominent in my life these days. Yeah. I, I, as somebody who also has limited mobility and I can't just, I did one today where I was talking to somebody who said, you know, sometimes I get to run to the toilet and I, I had to be like, Oh, I don't get to do that. What's that yeah. like? Cool. Like, oh wow. Yeah, I wish um, I could run to the toilet. I I I live in a split level house. Um, well, it's a part of a townhouse. I rent with three roommates, and there are a lot of stairs. I can make it, but it hurts. Um, yeah, I can imagine. When I'm out and about. I have my walker with me, so I have to find a bathroom where I could take that in and. Accessible and in Toronto, like can be few and far between. Yeah, really. Like in Toronto, like especially where you are, they're very rare to find one that's actually accessible. They might have stalls that are big enough sometimes, or family washrooms, but they rarely have enough of those. And I, I find, yeah. like for me, I can't poo when I'm out and about, so I often don't go out. So, like, I understand yeah. the struggle. Um, but let's back up a little bit. Can you kind of? Share with me what your gastro issues are and how they impact your day to day. Um, so I have IBS, but I'm not officially diagnosed. And I also am diabetic and some of the medication for that um, absolutely has to be taken with meals or I have accidents um, of the variety. Oh, no, I've been I've been right where you are. I fully understand that game. Um, I was on antibiotics a couple years ago to try to figure out what was wrong with my gut and <laughs> yeah. and I'm giggling because it made the poopy variety accident so much worse and so much more frequent. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, if if I if I don't take my diabetes meds or if, if I take them between meals, I basically can't leave the toilet for a couple of hours because it oh, never wow. stops. And I can imagine, like, we were just talking about how, like, you know, sometimes with the host of disabilities, sometimes you lose 
track of time. So I can imagine like how stress inducing that must be to know you have to take a pill. And if you're in the middle of like a project or you're doing something and you lose track of time, that mm-hmm. really your you your body pays for it, eh? Yeah, I like they always suggest that I set alarms to remind myself to take these meds with meals. But because of my I, time blindness, I think it's an ADHD thing. I'm not good at keeping track of time, so I don't eat my meals at the same time every day. So an alarm telling me to take my pills doesn't always help. Yeah, you'd need like an alarm to tell you to take an, to set an alarm to take your pills. You need like seven yeah. alarms. I know I understand that. I'm I'm the same way. I'm very much like, oh, time happened. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how else do you think your gastro stuff impacts you? Um, there's definitely emotional. I mean, the world teaches you to be ashamed and not talk about it, and it's really hard to want to talk about it and not be able to because nobody seems to want to hear it so it's really good that you've made this segment on your show to bring it shine the light where you know the sun don't shine the sun, yeah exactly you know it's it's one of my it's of all the things I've done with this show and all the different things I've tried this is probably one of my most vulnerable things I've done because I was afraid that nobody would want to and the yeah. minute I put the call out to do the show this idea and I literally typed it in a tweet the minute I had the idea. People were like, yeah, I want to. So I think, you know, it shows that people want to talk about it. It shows that this, it's something that I think so many of us deal with that we don't. And we're yeah. we're taught to shame it. And we're taught that it's dirty. And we're taught all these things. And like, and yeah, it is in a, in some respects dirty. And it is in some respects like hard. And it is in some respects all those things. But like, we still should talk about it. Yeah, it's 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 unpleasant, but it's an important part of everybody's health, and we should be able to talk about it. Yeah, how does how would you say that your first of all, how, what was your what's your experience been of trying to get a diagnosis? Has it been really hard? Um, right now, uh, well, right now I'm on a waiting list for my ADHD diagnosis, and I've only. I'm prioritizing that over over an IBS diagnosis right now but um I have a really good doctor at the moment and we're just I I went through a period of 5 years where I didn't have a good doctor and the doctors I went through were either ableist or just ignored me it didn't take me seriously or you know I'd talk about chronic headaches and they'd tell me to lose weight um <laughs> So I couldn't openly talk about everything to them. So I never got around yeah. to talking about gastro issues until recently with my current doctor. And what has it been like to be able to have that conversation with your doctor about gastro stuff? Such a relief to be able to talk to someone and know I'm not being judged and know that he does actually care and I will receive the care that I need. That makes me really, I'm really excited for you because I can't tell you the number of times that I've been to doctors in the last seven or eight months and they've told me, like, just take more fiber, just try this, you'll be fine, don't worry. And I'll I'll say to them, you realize I'm very physically disabled, right? Like, I can't, I can't just run to the toilet like you're saying that I should do. And they'll be like, oh, no, just figure it out, you'll be okay, I'll have to, like, stop them and say no. It takes me 
Yeah, like that, 10, that 20 course minutes. of care that you have prescribed is simply not accessible to me. I can't yeah. do that. Like, like what? Tell they me literally about, think you about can my diet and and I'm on ODSP, so I have very little income and I've been relying on food banks. You know, I can't just eat more or less whatever. I eat what the food bank gives me. Yeah. And, and but I'm so glad you do have a medical professional and your doctor is is yeah listening it was to you. it was definitely worth the wait to finally have a doctor that I really connect and feel safe with. That's good because that because you know so many of us, especially when we're dealing with butt stuff or poo or any of that kind of stuff, you don't feel safe to be like this is what's happening. And yeah. I had my doctor recently, a few months ago, said, "I see you're struggling. Can I come?" to your house and do a proper exam on you because I can't examine you in, in my office because it's too small. You for, don't have for all the, the, things the lifts to get you out of the chair yeah. and onto the exam yeah. table. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So she said, can I come to your house? And I literally, after she said, and I agreed, I cried because I was like, wow, she really wants to figure out what's going on. And she yeah. cares enough to like, come out come out of her way to come to my house and make sure I'm all right like that was a really powerful moment for me in my poo mm-hmm. journey yeah it's such a relief when you encounter a, a medical professional who isn't burnt out and jaded and who genuinely has compassion for everyone I mean or even if they are burnt out and jaded they like are still, still gonna crying to <laughs> yeah choosing to act with compassion even if if their ability to feel empathy is a little burnt out, everyone yeah, exactly. choose compassion. What kind of conversations do you have with your doctor about poo? Um, mostly I've, I've told him the horror stories about when I take my diabetes meds between meals and about frequent laundry from accidents and sort of easing myself into the idea that when I'm older, as my mobility declines, I am probably going to need diapers of some sort. And well, not to worry. I am a diaper connoisseur. I know all the kinds. I know all the all the types. So if ever you're stuck, <laughs> and if ever it comes on sooner than you expect, let me know, and I can. Okay, I'll definitely... message you when I when I reach that point and get all the advice. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely guide you in the right direction. Um. One of the things that I think is important that we talk about is what is something about having gastro issues that you have that you find particularly disabling that other non-disabled people wouldn't understand or don't understand or choose not to understand? Yeah, right now for me, I guess it's having to research everywhere I go to make sure there will be an accessible bathroom nearby. Having to constantly Google accessible bathroom near me and not being able to, not being free to go out and about and around and see places with the way able people do and just, yeah, just not being able to do as much as I want. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, people assume that you just can get up and go and they don't realize the energy you're exerting they don't realize the like yeah mental all that stuff how much extra energy and planning every outing takes yeah and like you know now when i go out i have to plan a go bag i have to have wipes i bring a diaper i put 
all that stuff together because I just you just don't know. Yeah. Um, so I want to tell you about the coolest accessible bathroom I ever saw. Yes, tell me everything. I think it was at Square One in Mississauga. They had not only a really huge stall with a nice wide door, they actually had sinks in the stall so you didn't have to touch anything in between going to the bathroom and you didn't have to touch the door with your dirty hands yeah. and then go to the sink and you know you didn't have to take your coat off a hook or whatever with dirty hands you could just go to the bathroom wash your hands and then exit the stall and continue on with your life wow it's like they listened to disabled people when they said we need this in the bathroom yeah. wow every once in a while somebody designs an accessibility feature and you think oh person who designed this actually understands disabled experiences yeah and it's it's usually rare i mean what i would love to see i would love it if they had a hoyer lift in the bathroom i mean or like a a ceiling track lift in the bathroom or i mean i'll never see that in a public bathroom but wouldn't that be like yeah i think i I would be i go to a specialty gym for all ability levels called variety village and they have a they have a chairlift at the pool, but I don't think they have any sort of lifts in any of the bathrooms. Which, you know, you would think at, a place, a place like designed the... for disabled people, they really should should have that feature. Yeah, I mean, totally. Um, so with with gastro stuff and IBS and all that stuff, it's you know if we don't if we don't laugh about it we'll cry about it so do you have a particularly funny story you could share about hmm. poo <laughs> I, I totally get the if I don't laugh I'm going to cry uh feeling um okay okay funny story uh it's not about poo it's a it's it's got a fart in it I was a teenager and this restaurant in the town where I spent my summers working, I was a lot more mobile back then. Um, the restaurant had all-you-can-eat spaghetti, and my sister dared me to try the all-you-can-eat spaghetti. And I love spaghetti. It's usually my favorite food, so I ate quite a bit of it. And then I walked up the hill to where my sister and I left our bikes in our aunt's driveway to bike out to the house we were staying at. And then I couldn't walk. I was in so much pain. I was crouching over and, and I was considering like it's, it's a small town and the next hospital is about an hour's drive away. And I was considering trying to get to the clinic or get a ride to the hospital. And then I doubled over and I let out a really explosive fart. <laughs> And suddenly oh, no. I felt better and was able to get uh, on my bike and ride home. <laughs> was, there, was there any damage to speak of when you got home? The, there was a little bit of a mess, yeah. Yeah, I know. I've been there. But but isn't it weird how, like, and I've had the story that I can share. I had a piece of cheese. I love cheese. I love it. It's my favorite cheese. food. But I can't eat it because it, it murders my belly. So. Uh. Christmas time this past year, I had one tiny little piece of cheese, and I thought I'll be fine. It's literally a bite; nothing will happen. It'll be it's what a. And twenty minutes later, I was in the exact same position you're in, full over, could barely breathe because it hurt so much. Was 
and I let out an explosive death fart that probably killed a bunch of people. And then <laughs> I was fine. I could function again, but I I totally understand the the discomfort of like yeah gas pain having, can be debilitating especially when your mobility is limited because moving around is usually what gets it out yeah and it's what the it's when i when i just like you doing all this research on like bathrooms i do i do similar research on you know how what can i try this week to make the pain go away and they all say like oh just do yoga just do like this yeah. stuff and i'm i'm always like yeah, sure. Me as a wheelchair user, how am I gonna? How am I gonna do that pose? No Are way. Are you gonna lie there and have a yoga instructor move your limbs for you? I I don't know what they yeah. expect. Like what? Like you know, wheelchair yoga doesn't really do much because they want you to like move your move your like. It's designed for semi ambulatory people using manual chairs who still have some limb use. There's yeah, really no wheelchair user or wheelchair yoga that is really accessible to a power chair user it's just no it just doesn't work so like i do i do very very similar things i'm always looking for the the next thing not so much to make it go away just so just enough to make the pain take the edge off so you can have a life around the pain yeah like sort of function and it but i have to say the other day i was watching the new season of stranger things and i decided that i'm gonna have a bag of chips because i was like which I knew was a bad idea from the start, but I was like, you know what? I'm always in pain. Let me just enjoy this for a minute. So I had it. And 20 minutes later, I had roller coaster gut, which is like, you know, the pain was coming in waves. So yeah. it would go up and down and up and down and up and down. And I just, I'm sitting there watching Stranger Things being like, wow, it's like Stranger Things is showing me what's going on in my gut is, <laughs> is the upside down. I haven't started the new season yet, but I love the show, so can't wait to get started on it. You will be, you'll enjoy it very much. It's different. But aside from, aside from, from what TV we're watching. Oh, yeah. So because sometimes you're on the toilet for hours, what do you do when you're on the toilet for hours? Um, If just. I do a lot of knitting and sewing, so I'll bring a project and have it in my lap while I'm sitting there. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So, um, it, manual dexterity mean... is one of the few physical skills that I'm still good at. and So smaller sewing projects are usually my activity of choice for long toilet visits. Yeah, my activity of choice for long toilet visits is like... Just a funny show. Just something to make me feel yeah, less... Yeah, yeah. Watching something funny on your phone is, is something that helps you get through it. It cheers me up, too. Yeah, well, your guts are, like, killing you. It's fun to laugh for a minute. Yep. Um, yeah, like you were saying earlier, there's some things where if you don't laugh about them, you're going to cry, so... Oh, and sometimes I laugh while I'm crying. It's, don't get me wrong, I, I'll do both while it's happening, but at least, like, if I don't that find too. humor in it, that's yeah. why, like, you know, I, I often make poo jokes about my about my bum and stuff because, like, if I don't find the humor in it, it's just too it's too sad. Yeah. Um. So, Emily, can you share a moment that was not so funny around gastro issues, and most importantly, can you share like the emotional impact of that moment with us? Um, 
I have had some accidents when I've been out and about and just haven't been able to get anywhere to clean myself up and having to like I was I was too embarrassed to get on a bus for a ride home so I walked all the way um it took about half an hour I wasn't terribly far from home it would have been you know five ten minutes on the bus but I didn't want to get on a bus with my butt messy yeah, because then, you know, I didn't want people... to sit on the bus and I and I have trouble standing on buses even when I'm gripping things with both hands. So Yeah, I had an accident and I walked all the way home cuz I was too embarrassed to get on a bus like that. I I yeah. totally get that. I totally understand how Yeah, it's it's humiliating and and you feel like nobody wants to hear it so you can't talk to anyone about it and and I, you know, maybe I could have called one of my friends who has a car and said, can you pick me up here and bring me a pair of pants or something? But I was too embarrassed. So I just walked home and dealt with it on my own. Yeah, I mean, but but given your limited mobility, I, I can imagine walking home full of poo was... In a lot of not- pain and, and, you know, itching and, but mostly just pain, my arthritic ankles and... Yeah. Oh, not fun. No, sounds like it's a lot. Um, and, you know, I just think that, that the shame we feel around that, like you could have called a friend, but then you would, there be, they would judge you. They might judge you or you could yeah. have taken the bus, but then they might've thought, Oh, well that disabled person, of course they're like yeah. unclean. And there, and there that's are one times of my... when I feel something coming and I think it's just a fart and then, Squirt. Isn't that the yeah? Isn't it the worst? It's the worst. Yeah, it's... because of fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue, I spend a lot of time reclining on my side in my bed with my laptop beside me. And when you're in bed and you feel like you have a fart, and then it squirts, and then like if I weren't able to change the sheets myself, I don't know what I would do. I can tell you what you do. You just because I've been there. Well, no. Well, that's not, sometimes yes. <laughs> because for me, sitting because I sit so much, the okay. feeling in my bum sometimes is I get numbness in my bum a lot. Because yeah, I, I do I'm wheelchair basketball, and even two hours in a in a manual chair makes my butt feel weird. So I get so that. like sometimes sometimes I'll poo and I won't feel it, and so then. I'll sleep and I think everything's fine. And then the next morning they'll be like, Oh, you you shouldn't. There's dried crap all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally happened. Um, But you know, you've, if, if I can feel it, what I'll do sometimes is I'll sit there and I'll play the scenario in my brain of like, did I, should I call somebody? And you play the scenario of like, if I call somebody, Will they shame me? Will it be? A, will I? Will I get the help I need? And will I feel okay? Or do I just lie here? And of course, I make the choice to call somebody. But yeah, there is a definite moment of like, do I really need? Do I really get their help? Or will they make me feel bad about this? Yeah. Will they acknowledge that you need and deserve it, or will they treat you like an inconvenience? 
Yeah. Uh, as, as someone who's not disabled enough to qualify to live in a facility with assistance and with three roommates who are pretty much just as disabled as I am, it's, it's really hard having to strip the bed and I only have one set of sheets because money and so then I can't sit or lie on my bed while I'm doing the laundry and oh it's no fun yeah it sounds do you do you qualify like would it would your social assistance monthly payment qualify you to get to get stuff like blue pads or anything like that I could if I could get a hold of my ODSP worker I would definitely ask them about that um or or a plastic sheet to put under my regular sheet just to make the messes not spread as much yeah um, yeah it's definitely something I haven't thought of but we'll look into because I use blue pads so basically when I started needing more care and when I got really sick they said the attendant said to me you should get these pads that are disposable mm-hmm. that you can put underneath you that are there for if you have an accident. And yeah. I at first was really reluctant to get those because I was like, I don't need those. I'll be fine. But now that I have them, I, I don't go anywhere without yeah. them. Like they're my, my, they're, my mom, yeah. uh, when she was working as a midwife, she's retired now, but when she was working, she always had them in her car in case she had to drive someone to the hospital while they were in labor. And, and so I know I know how absorbent they are. They're they're good. Yeah, they're and they're quite. So if you can speak to your worker, see if you can get those or, or like, I have a yeah, lot. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and get a hold of them this or next week. I've got I have a lot. Maybe I can tomorrow. But yeah. I have a ton here. Maybe I can send you a pack or two because I get I always order too much. So if you need, if you want to try them, let me know, and I'll okay. we're not that far from each other, so I can maybe yeah ship some to you. Cool. I'll, I'll email you my shipping address. Um, awesome. Um, so we talked about poo, and I want to talk some more about poo. How has, <laughs> how has, um, how has all this GI stuff impacted your relationships, your friendships, um, that kind of stuff? Um, for the most part, my friends are queer, disabled, neurodivergent weirdos like me. So I, I stick with people who understand. Um, and a lot of them have issues of, of their own. Not always the poopy kind, but, you know, um, we try to accept that we all have different levels of ability and different health struggles. And um, so I'm, I'm, I have good friends. I feel relatively safe with them. There are sometimes when I'm too embarrassed to call for help, but, but I don't think it's had a negative impact on my friendship simply because I'm so choosy about who I become friends with in the first place. Well, in this case, to be choosy around poo stuff and yeah. then have good friends as a result is probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, I've, I've um, not, I've had accidents of the not so poopy variety in guest beds or on couches at friends places. And, you know, I always do my best to help with cleanup. Um, and the friends that I have are good people who don't judge. That's great. I think for me, you know, something you said made me think about when I'm getting cleaned up by somebody, by a care worker 
or by a friend sometimes or by a family member the the shame of like you have to clean me yeah is really really hard to to navigate yeah i can imagine um and so it, the the shame of feeling like i i'm able to clean myself at least but but i have made messes that other people have helped me clean up um and i definitely feel a lot of shame when a friend has to spend their afternoon laundering the cover pulling covers off couch cushions and putting them in the laundry because i peed all over them it's not fun and i feel horrible that a friend has to help me with that but yeah and i think you know friends who haven't judged well that's i'm really glad to hear that because you know we're i'm i'm so scared of talking about my gi stuff with friends because and my friends even the ones that support me are like you talk about poo a lot. I'm like, I know I have to. It's a, it makes me feel better to talk it about it. They're really like, you talk about it. It impacts your life, right? So, yeah. People like, like talking about the things that impact their life every single day. They're like, do you talk about all this stuff? I'm like, yeah, but I also really need to talk about this poo right now because it's bothering me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the things, the things that impact your life so that you have to think about them constantly, it's really hard to not talk about them at all when when they're constantly on your mind because they're constantly happening um what is one thing about your gi stuff and i didn't write this down i'm gonna ask you what is one thing about your gi stuff that you wish you didn't have um i wish i didn't have the worry that my mobility is gonna get worse as my arthritis progresses um I, I see I see you and and I, you're doing well enough, but I imagine the transition to needing other people to clean you up is going to be a hard thing for me. Yeah, it's I've needed it my whole life, and I tell I, I'll tell you it's never it doesn't get any easier. So if and when we're in communication, when that happens for you, feel free to reach out to me, and we can talk. We I can just talking through the feelings because they're big big feelings and you know what I can compare that to right now is a couple years ago but about at the beginning of the pandemic my care team said to me we're gonna need to give you two attendants now to do most of your bookings because your your care is changing and I was so upset by that not because I wouldn't accept the help but because I was like what do you mean they need two people to take care of me? Am I that like hard to take care of? And so now whenever I have an accident, what not only does one person have to know, another person then has to know. And it's like, great. Two people have to watch me like, or clean me. And again, I'm very appreciative of the help, but I'm also like, yeah, it's good that it's available, but it's, it's, it's really hard to need it. Yeah. It's extremely, um, it's I can't really put that feeling into words of like knowing that two people are gonna have to wipe your ass and make sure you're okay because yeah. you can't for yourself. There's some. It's just a really tough. It's just really hard to navigate. But even when you get there and you need someone to talk to, I know how that feels. Thank you. One of my roommates has mild CP and has a PSW that comes once a week to help them with the bath. And I'm glad that it, I'm glad they have access to that, but I'm also terrified of needing help 
cleaning myself and what about that if you could just elaborate for me what about that scares you what why are you terrified um i've always been a loner and and i've always cleaning and and hygiene stuff is is a big anxiety thing for me yeah um is it because like if they don't do it the way you would do it then then yeah and I'm always I, I I don't like shaving and I'm always afraid someone will judge me for having body hair and I I don't know, baths are hard enough as it is. Having to have someone to help me with it would just make it even scarier for me. I can imagine. And you know, you be you talk about hygiene being a really particular thing for you. Me too, because I can't wipe my ass. What I'm what I learn is that different people wipe people's asses differently. And so yeah. if they don't wipe the right way or enough, sometimes yeah. they leave shit there and it's there's like, oh, great. There's residue, there's the incomplete wipe. And yeah, no, I get that. That feeling can be really, really awful when there's stuff left over that didn't get wiped away. And like you can't. And I think for me, I can't run to the toilet and, and take care of it. So yeah. if I, for me, if I have a sexy encounter or if I'm going on a date and I'm with somebody and like things get frisky, how am I going to explain? Oh, there's a turd in my ass that somebody didn't uh, Sorry, take care of. Leftover poo from an incomplete wipe. I hope that doesn't make me any less <laughs> sexy. Cause... Yeah. Like that for me is one of my, one of my hugest fears right there. So Anyone that does attend and care for someone, other people, I'm going to do a little PSA here. Wipe their bums completely, please. And double check before you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so, Emily, my last question about poo that I have for you tonight is, what is the realest thing about your undiagnosed gastro stuff and your undiagnosed IBS that you want to share with the world, that you want people to, if you could, could, Leave us with some parting poo words. What would you want to say? <laughs> um, just as a message to people who don't have gastro issues, please be aware that your friends who do have to plan every trip because they need accessible bathrooms nearby. And to those who design accessible bathrooms, Get actual disabled people involved in the design. Right, yes. Real live disabled consultants and pay them. Say that one more time. Depending on the unpaid labor of of disabled people is not being an ally. That's right. That's right. And I I couldn't say it any better myself. Hire disabled consultants to make your bathrooms that much more accessible. Do it. Um, what I had one extra question that I wanted to ask before we close. You mentioned that you have to go to the food banks to for food security. Mm-hmm. What because of your IBS, I know that certain foods destroy my gut. What's your favorite? What's your favorite food that you can't eat because it'll destroy your gut? I really love fresh fruit. Um apples berries nectarines are my favorite and i can eat them sometimes but i have to eat everything with a starchy carb or it gives me the runs yeah 
So I, I, I know as a diabetic, I'm not supposed to eat the starchy carbs all the time, but I have to because everything else gives me reflux and stomach pain and cramps and then all sorts of poopy fun. And one last question that I want to ask when you were talking, I want to ask you if you could describe your stomach pain because people think that it's just, oh, you're shitting. If you could describe it, how would you describe it? Um, uh, I don't, I, I'm not very good at describing pain, despite the fact that I live with it 24-7. Um, um, so when, when I... When the pain says I need to go to the bathroom, I need to go right then. I don't have time to go looking. And this has led me to asking friends to escort me to bathrooms and keep an eye on my walker because there's no accessible stall. So I have to leave it outside. And, um, but so the, the primary pain that I have with my gastro stuff is, is the reflux and heartburn. Um, yeah, I've had it. That's pretty, it's pretty. It starts in the chest and it feels like there's a solid lump there and then it makes it hard to breathe because it feels like the lump is squeezing your breathing tubes and you're not able to get the air. You're not get able to get a, a deep breath. It's just, um, shallow breaths. And then when it's lower in the gut, it's, it's like gas pain where every movement hurts. And if you've got a medical professional there, they'll tell you the the only way to get rid of it is to move around. <laughs> but your instincts are screaming that you can't move right now because it hurts yeah. too much. Yeah, I've been exactly where you are. And I know that pain. My pain feels like, and I know when it's gas pain, because I'll be like, okay, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to die. But my pain feels like my sphincter is constantly open and I can never close it. Oh, that's annoying. So that's a fun game that I get to play with. But um, enough about <laughs> about my sphincter. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. This shit is real. Do you have any last final things you want to say to the people? Um, just just to reiterate, if you design accessibility features, please consult real disabled people about them, and please pay them. Again, yes, please. How do the Emily, how do the people get a hold of you? How can they follow you? How can they support you? Um on Instagram, I, I do I put a lot of my art and stuff up. My Instagram handle is cosmic.debris.art. Awesome. I will make sure that that's in the show notes for today. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and talking about poo with me today and sharing with us how poo affects you. Um Thank you, Thank you for giving people a platform to discuss a subject that is shushed far too often. I am so glad you got to be here. Uh, thank you so much, and we'll talk soon, okay? Okay, thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for sitting down with me and my guests as we explore how poo affects you and how poo affects disability on this mini series. It means so much. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you so much for being vulnerable as we talk about real shit on this mini series. Thank you so, so much. It means a lot. And I love, I love, love, love doing it. That's been another episode and we'll be back next time for another This Shit Is Real. I'm your host, Andrew Groza.
बाय फ्रेंड्स कॉपीराइट नोटिस डिसेबिलिटी आफ्टर डार्क वाज क्रिएटेड रिकॉर्डेड एंड प्रोड्यूस्ड बाय क्रिपल एंड को प्रोडक्शंस एंड एंड्रू गर्जा any and all use of materials graphics audio recordings etc cannot be used or distributed without express permission if you would like to use an episode of the podcast or license an episode of the podcast on your website please consider emailing andrew gerza and kriplin co productions at disabilityafterdarkpod@gmail.com at copyright 2022